Hello friends, welcome back to another Bible Lab. We are glad that you have joined us today. Today we're answering the question, what do we mean by faith? And before we do that, let's take a moment to pray. Father, thank you so much for your word, for its power, for its relevance, for its accuracy. We seek to explore what your word teaches about this word faith, Lord, and we pray today as we open your word and explore it together that you would guide and instruct our time, that we might learn more about how we can honor you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So when we talk about faith in relationship to what we mean when we use it in the church, obviously we are not talking about pop culture's definition of faith or faith as taught to us by uh, singer-songwriter George Michael. What we want to know is what does the Bible teach us about faith? And so that is the question that we are going to unpack and explore today. And we're actually going to look at the first usage of the word faith or believed in the Bible. We're going to see how it is a theme that runs throughout the scriptures and how there's beautiful harmony uh, and how this word has so influenced and has so uh, motivated the faith of this Protestant church. So let's begin with the first usage of the word that we see. It's actually in Genesis chapter 15 in verse 6 and it's part of uh, the covenant that God is making with Abraham and we looked at Abraham and the Abrahamic covenant last week but this is part of the Abrahamic covenant so God is making promises to Abram and one of the things that he's telling him is that he is going to have uh, descendants as numerous as the stars and Abram's saying, look, you've given me no children. Uh, so is a servant in my household to be my heir? And God comes to him and says, no, a son's not going to be your heir. There is going to be someone else that's going to come from your line. Look up at the stars and count the stars. Can you count them? And Abram obviously knows and we know we cannot count the stars and God says to him in verse 5 so shall your offspring be and then verse 6 the first use of this word faith in the scriptures Abram believed the Lord and he the Lord counted it to him Abram as righteousness now that is huge it's enormous it's one of the biggest verses in scripture pertaining to faith because this theme of faith and righteousness uh, is mingled together all throughout the scriptures. In fact, some of us remember one of the minor prophets, his name was Habakkuk, and he's writing uh, in, in his time, he's having a dialogue with God, looking around, seeing the injustices that surround him and really asking the Lord, how am I to live and dwell in the circumstance that I'm in? What am I to do? And God is having a dialogue with him. And look at Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. It says, Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous, the righteous shall live by his faith. Now take that back again. Abram believed the Lord, faith, and it was credited to him as righteousness. 
the righteous shall live by faith. And so really all throughout the Bible, this theme of faith and righteousness are woven together. Watch what Paul does in Romans chapter 1 when he is talking about the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And then he says in verse 17 of chapter 1, For in it, and here he's talking about the gospel, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, for faith, as it is written, quoting from Habakkuk, which is pressing back into Abram's narrative in Genesis 15, the righteous shall live by faith. And that concept is echoed again, that exact phrase in Galatians chapter 3 verse 11 and in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38. And you know, church, what I think is so unfortunate for congregations across America, across the world, really. It was, a, it was something that Martin Luther recognized all the way back before the Reformation. It is the very thing which led him to pin the 95 Theses on the door of the church at Wittenberg. I think sometimes what happens, church, is we replace this word faith with a concept that we define as obedience. Sometimes I think our lives reflect more that we believe the righteous shall live by obedience rather than what the scripture says, the righteous shall live by faith. Big, huge, massive difference. Before the Reformation, that was the predominant belief. The righteous shall live by obedience. By obedience, people were meriting their righteousness. And what Martin Luther saw, what he understood, what he came to realize is that it was not what he did. It's not about what we do. See, obedience, friends, is very much about what we do, how we behave. We love the epistles, but we don't often spend as much time in the gospels as we need to, where faith and love are unpacked. The righteous shall live by faith, and it is by that faith that obedience is produced. The Spirit produces obedience within us as he brings us into submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ over our lives. And so Hebrews, of course, picks up this theme. We all know the, the great faith chapter in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. Now, watch what happens here. By faith, Abram obeyed. Faith produced obedience. Faith came first. Faith is the predominant reality that produces the obedience. By faith, Abram obeyed when he was called to go out to the place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. 
Again, sometimes, friends, when we live by faith and we are obedient to the will of God, to the world around us, it may not look responsible. Even to the believing world around us, it's not responsible to go somewhere that we don't know where we're going unless we are being obedient to the command of God who has called us to go, to step out. Certainly it was not responsible for Peter to step out of the boat into a raging storm, but by faith he stepped out. And as long as his eyes were on Jesus, he was walking on the water. Now continue this again in Hebrews in verse 9. By faith, again, the leading reality in Abram's life. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. When we live by faith, when we walk by faith, we do not always have all of the answers. And I think sometimes what happens, friends, is we think that faith is something that we have to produce within ourselves. Oh, just have more faith. You just got to have more faith. You just got to believe. Oh, and, and we feel like it's something that we manifest or we create within ourselves. Somehow we grow our faith. But friends, those concepts are countercultural to what we hear in the scriptures. They go against what the Bible teaches in reality to faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, if we just stop there, then we might say, Lord, I got to have faith. I got to have faith or I can't be saved by grace. But Paul is so quick to clarify what he means in the very next sentence, the very next line. This is not your own doing. Friends, this is so freeing. Church, this is so freeing that God is doing this in us and through us, accomplishing us. He is giving us faith. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. Not because of what we have done or what we do. Faith is a gift that's freely given. A gift of God. So that no one can boast. So, what do we mean by faith? Faith is a gift given by God to His children. Governed by the Spirit at work within us. This gift motivates us towards attitudes and actions that are honoring to God. And ultimately, the gift of faith magnifies the work of God in us and through us so that God 
gets the glory. Praise the Lord together with me for the great faith, the saving faith that we have been given, that was secured for us by the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf on the cross. Thank you, friends. We'll see you next week. Take care.